Welcome and thanks for joining us for this week's encouraging and faith-building message from C3 Topol. For more information about C3 Topol, visit our website c3churchtopol.org.nz. Now for this week's message. Wow. What a morning. I love it. This is so great. I'm so proud of you all. I know for many people that the small journey that it appears to be from your seat to the front can simultaneously feel like the longest journey. It's often a journey of vulnerability. It's a journey of transparency. It's a journey of faith and, and trust as we, we step out and, and are obedient to that pull of the Holy Spirit. And I uh, can't say how proud I am of you for being bold this morning and stepping into the miraculous, partnering with what God is wanting to do in your life. And uh, it's the journey of a miracle. Some things happen immediately. Some things don't. But we can't get hung up on how things happen. We get stuck in trust that God will, God will do it. And uh, so much scripture around faith and continually trusting in God and, and walking after God and, and not getting despondent or discouraged by what, we, what may appear to be may or may not happening. Because uh, God's perspective is far greater than ours and God's viewpoint is, is far broader than ours. So um, I wanna, I'm going to preach a little bit this morning. Don't have long, but I've got long enough. So, uh, but let me just pray real quick. I know I've been praying a bit, but I just want to finish this piece so we get on with the next piece. I so thank you, Jesus, right now for all that you've done in the service uh, already through worship and through prayer and, and through faith. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing in our lives, for the miracles that are taking place in our bodies. I thank you for the, the healings of arthritis and uh, those, those, for those insomnia and sleep deprived. We thank you, Jesus, that uh, you, the, tonight is going to be the greatest sleep in people's lives. I thank you, Jesus. They're going to wake up on Monday morning being like, feeling like they've slept for a decade because um, you're paying back that which the devil stole. People, you're, you're so fatigued from lack of sleep, and God is going to pay it all back, and you're going to wake up like bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and feeling 20 years younger. Well, if you're 20, you're going to feel like you're a newborn. Um, <laughs> Anyway, in Jesus' name, amen. So we are in our Body Unite series, which I am particularly enjoying. And we're just going to keep uh, leaning into this for, for a little bit. And we're going to start talking about our, our spiritual giftings and not just the fact that, yeah, we, we are a body united and we're all together, but, but starting to uh, help you uncover that which what God has put uniquely in your life and how God wants to use your life to glorify His Son, Jesus Christ, and bring heaven to earth. And that is played out in the local church, but that is also played out in the local community, our places of work and employment and education, that God has set you up with a particular skill set, a particular gifting. You could call it like a toolbox. You've got a few little gadgets in there. 
You know, if you're like me, you might have a hammer and a shifting crescent, fairly blunt instruments. Other people have got really well-tuned, like micrometers and, you know, fine measurement things. But we've all got, because and it all works together for the good of God's kingdom. And we want to help you uh, run in your lane, so to speak. We want to help you thrive in your gifting. With that which God has put on your life, we want to help you uncover it, discover it, and work it so that you will really enjoy. Because gifts, honestly, they're given to be enjoyed, right? I've never given a gift to my child thinking, man, they're going to hate this all year long. No, that would be stupid. But Because gifts are given to be enjoyed. That's why the God said, like, even as evil fathers or evil parents, you know how to give good gifts to your children. Like even as bad people, you know how to do good stuff, he's saying. He's saying, how much more will God in heaven give good gifts to those he loves? So the, so the motivation of God towards us when giving us gifts was not so that it would be a beast of burden for the however many years we are graced with here on earth that the gifts to us would be our greatest delight. But we can get a whole lot of dirt put on our stuff through education, through well-intentioned people, through our own self-image and reflect. We can doubt, we can, oh, I'm not that good at that, or I'm no good at this, or if only I had what they had. And we get it all tangled up in what maybe I don't have, that I want, and we neglect that what we do have, and I think we just need to want what we've got, don't want what someone else has got. I heard a message the other day, the grass is greener on the other side, maybe because they've got a busted septic tank. <laughs> you know, you don't, you can look off, they, you don't know what's going on in someone else's world. You don't look, oh, the grass is greener, or this is better, you don't know. You just don't, in that marriage or just what, in that business and that person, they look like they've just all got it going on, like they're working out and they're fit or whatever. You know, they were just born that way. But we got to want what we've got. But uh, here we go. Philippians 4, I just want to just lay out a little bit of scripture this morning. Philippians 4. Um, 11 and 12 and 16. Like all of Philippians 4 is great, but I didn't want to, because I'm told that I have a really boring reading voice. So the less scripture I read, the less boring it is. I've been told, mate, you can preach really well, but as soon as you read, it's like snooze fest. So, so um, and I can hardly read it. I can't hardly see my Bible anyway. Um, Like trying to hold an octopus. Um, for here we go. So Christ Himself, right? So this is God's idea, right? That's really important. Philippians, Ephesians, another great book. Ephesians four, verse eleven. So Christ Himself, really, this is God's idea right off the bat, and Christ was not just kind of. The, the other guy from God. No, no. We've got to remember in Genesis, it says that um, through Christ Jesus, every single thing was made. 
And without Christ Jesus, nothing was made. And it is still Christ Jesus that holds together everything that was made. So he is, he is, the, he is God. And it says, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers, scraping in their fifth place, to equip the people for works of service so that the body of Christ uh, may be built up. From him being Christ, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament. Watch this. It grows. It builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Amen, said the pastor. <laughs> Ephesians 11, that's what it says. So this Christ himself position people to, to equip the saints, to equip the body of Christ so that it may be built up, not torn apart, not ripped down, not demolished, but built up. We've got a lot of chippies in this building, not builders. And you build stuff, as you build stuff, it generally gets bigger. Like you start off with a foundation, walls, no, I was going to say roof, but I was like, no, walls. <laughs> I'm a mechanic, wheels, you know, chassis, wheels, body, you know, whatever. Um, but it's, and as it's built, it gets bigger. It, it, it takes up more territory. And Christ has laid this firm and solid foundation, as the Apostle Paul said, and no other foundation can be laid than that which is Christ Jesus. He is the foundation of the church that, uh, that we are built on, but he has, he has put pastors and leaders and apostles and prophets and all these, you know, we intentionally invite guest speakers into this church who hold apostolic giftings, who hold prophetic giftings, that they may equip us as the saints for the good works that God has for us to build up His body, His church, which is essentially one another. So from Christ, the whole body is joined and held together by every supporting ligament. I had bad, I had, I hurt the shoulder. You've heard the story, if, and it, the, it was all the nerves were all damaged, and the ligaments were all stretched, and this arm just used to hang like this. I couldn't move it. Couldn't do this, couldn't do this, couldn't, couldn't scratch my head, couldn't, could do nothing, just use, because the supporting ligaments and nerves were damaged. And it was inhibiting my arm from being able to have reach, have strength to pick up. I couldn't even get the milk out of the fridge. It was a genuine milestone. I went to the physio. I said, you never guess what I did. He says, tell me. I said, I put the milk on the bench. Like it was a big deal because it was that bad. It was just all the muscle was gone. It was like skin and bone. Because the supporting ligaments and nerves, had, because it takes every part to pull and hold and build the body together that it may function like it does. Like a, like a, a body without bones is just a jellyfish. It's just blowing along by the tides and currents of life. It is incapable of having structure and strength and, and carrying itself along. Every, it's all built together and it builds itself up as each part does its work. Not as the staff or the volunteers, but every part of the body of Christ Jesus, of which you are part of, knitted in. Remember, there's no longer Jew or Gentile, but under Christ Jesus, we are this gloriously good-looking body. Thank you, Abraham. 
And he's got us all working together for a greater cause than our own. And our, our individual opinion gives way to the collective mission of God's great local church. And there'll all be all sorts of differences of opinions and ideas, but Christ Jesus holds us level. Jesus Christ is King of kings, Lord of lords. He is the founder and the finisher of our faith and of His church. I'm not sure about you, but if you're like us and have children, Lego is always on the menu. And always on the floor and therefore always under your foot. And it's agonizing. It's the best burglar, burglar alarm you could ever have. Just throw it around your house. No one will ever be able to sneak around in your house ever again. You stand on a little one by one. Now you're getting that thing out with tweezers. It's just <laughs> embedded in there. Especially if you're tiptoeing around at night because all your weights, you know, you've got less you know, surface area on your foot, so still going down hard on that little one by one. But you, we build Lego, and we we get out the instruction books, and and we start to build. And you'll probably be familiar with this, unless you are a really super super great Lego keeper and don't, you know, unknowingly vacuum pieces up the up the vacuum cleaner. That was just a stone. That was just a two dollar coin. No, it was all Lego. Um, and you get to that point where you cannot find a piece and therefore construction stops. Maybe it's a little unique piece. Maybe it's, you know, an 8 by, an eight by 2 or whatever it might be. And there we did this. I did this not long ago with the kids. And I went. I hunted the entire house. And I found it. And it was in this most obscure place, this little piece of Lego. And I was so pleased when I found it. And, and it takes every part to come together for, the, for the, the master plan to come into a reality. It, it really does. And, and until you find that piece, that necessary piece, whether it's a structural piece or a decorative piece, it doesn't matter because the child says it must look like the picture. And they have zero attention to detail until it doesn't look like the picture. Then you realize you've got a genius on your hands. You thought he won't notice if it's got a yellow and a gray wheel. Oh, no. It goes across the room, and you, you know you're almost starting from scratch again. Or they, they won't notice if there's a blue door and a red door or the windscreen's gray instead of blue. If you've got children, you've got, you don't have children. You've got so much to look forward to. On it, just start with Duplo and uh, the words from the wise. But it, 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 and it, but it takes all these bits and we go out and we find, the, we find the missing piece so that we can bring it in. So the, the master plan or that thing is going to, that fire truck or, oh, I pity the, the, the um, kids with girls, the Lego and friends. That is so over-accessorized, it is painful. There's so many like little tiny bits, flowers and cups and pillows and you know, go the boys, fire engine and bulldozer and, you know, gross motor skills. Come on, all the way. But, uh, and, but you go out and you find these, and you, you gather them all together so that it can all come together and function like it's intend, intended to. This is the church. This is us and, and, and us just here. It's not about growing the sake of the church to have a bigger church. It's because there's pieces to our puzzle or there's pieces to our Lego machine or to our Lego and friends caravan and, and unicorn set or whatever it might be. 
that the necessary parts for the for the master plan to all come together for the so the body may continue to be built and grow into the fullness of that which God intends it to be. That is why we are a body united, all joined together. But the thing, the difference between humans and Lego is things like um, like will and personality and culture and ideas. And these are gifts from God, things about us that should help pull us together, but often are the things that push us apart. Because we, we can sometimes get stuck on the, the minors instead of keeping our eyes on the majors, which is Jesus Christ, preaching the gospel, souls saved, you know, helping people get discipled and, and back on their feet that they may go out and, and be a light in their community or their family or wherever God chooses to put them in life. And these things that should be working together to build us up can often be the things that are working against us, like trying to push two magnets together and it's the, you know, the, the wrong polarities. And no matter how much effort you apply, they're just never going to stick when it's just a matter of flipping one over and bang, you've got a strong connection. Hard to separate. And we just need to allow God sometimes to flip some of our, our ideas or allow God to flip some of our mindsets or allow God to flip some of our culture, or allow God to flip some of our ideas and maybe just see the other side of the coin. Maybe just see the other side of, of the point of view just, rather than just being like, no, I've made my stand and pride will not let me change it. No, don't be so proud. God opposes the proud and he elevates the humble. Take the low road. Take the humble road. Oh, that's not how we used to do it. No, it's probably not. No, we didn't. Well, we, well my old church. Well, we're not in your old church. We're in your new church. And it's, but this is part of cult. This is, we like familiarity. We like consistency. But Jesus Christ is the most consistent person you'll ever meet. And Jesus Christ should be the most consistent message that every church should ever preach. So in churches, whether in this church or in a year's time, we're called out of topor and we find ourselves, if they're preaching Jesus Christ, if they're preaching the gospel message, you should be able to raise your hands in worship. You should be able to clap your hands in agreement. You should be able to get behind the vision and the mission of the local church, even if it isn't like, you know, some like hokey pokey, some like goody gumdrops, some like, you know, it's all ice cream. Just get a cone and get a scoop and get on with life and have a great time. But God's building us all together and we need to work with Him, not against Him. Because His will is that all the ligaments and the, and the tendons and the, all the Lego pieces are working together for a greater cause and a greater mission. And every, every church and every message that you listen, whether it's a podcast, it'll have something in it that will, that will maybe question your, a thought belief. But you don't throw it all away. Just find Jesus Christ in the midst of it and worship Him. And say, I thank you, Jesus, that you're at work in this place, and I'm going to let my will align with your will. And we need to allow those things, our will, we need to will to be together, not will to be apart. 
We need to allow our cultural differences to work together that the body of Christ may be like this beautiful kaleidoscope of destiny. All these little parts in together and you look in and you think, how is this, like, how, how is this going to, it's all broken bits, but God gets it and he goes, twist, and it's like, Wow. And he goes, twist the other way. And you're like, wow, it's like a butterfly in this. You know, and in God's hand, what he can do with our differences is work them together. This is why it's this great mystery that the church works. Because in God's hand and his divine wisdom and his design, divine grace, he can pull together all these different parts, all these different cultures, all these different ideas, all these different points of view. And he wraps it up in the grace of Jesus Christ. And he wraps it up in the love of God. And he wraps wraps it up in the bonds of peace and he wraps it up in unity and he's like you should you're all very different but wrapped up in this this package from God is something beautifully unique that says and and declares a message that this could only be of God and it builds and it grows together and our ideas they all work together Jesus was in the garden right before he carried a cross, similar shape to that one. And he was hung on it for our perfect man dying for imperfect people. Righteousness dying for unrighteousness. Perfection dying for imperfection. Wholeness dying for brokenness. Health dying for sickness. Richness dying for poverty. And he's in the garden and he's, he's, he's having a real wrestle. He says, God, Father, he's praying to God, praying to our Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will be done but yours. What an attitude. What a spirit. God, you know, Jesus, he had a will. He had ideas. He was not like this this artificial intelligence just walking from heaven like, you know, I've just got a plan. I'm just going to just roll it out like I'm pre-programmed. I've got my expiry date is 33 years and I'm just, you know, no, no. Jesus wrestled with what you wrestle with. He's, he, the Bible says, take great comfort. We have a high priest who gets us. Take, we don't have this high priest who's just, oh, so above every person he's just he is but he is also very much in touch with our humanity we don't have a high priest who does not cannot understand us we have a high priest who has been tested in every way yet was found without fault and he has made this way this access point for us into God's throne room of grace and he's he's wrestling with his father Saying, God, I've got a will. I've got, a, I've got my own ideas that we could roll out right now. Do you want me to get, I've, probably got, I've, got a, I've got a 10 point PowerPoint actually, God, of maybe some other options than me carrying that cross and dying on it. I've got other plans. My flesh is saying this is a bad idea. My emotions are saying this is going to be really tough to deal with. My soul is in anguish just having to consider the process I'm about to go through. I'm going to have to sit next to that person in church. I'm going to have to, you know, I'm going to have to serve at some point. There's anguish, but Jesus, not my will be done, God. 
But the greater will, the greater, maybe the greater plan may roll out through me submitting my life to the greater will rather than to my will. And Jesus being our example. He's showing us this, and they've caught this incredible account in Scripture as Jesus is, is toing and froing with this next part of his life. He's about to have to walk out, and he, he says, God, if there is another way, God, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet, however, God, not my will be done, but your will be done. And my heart for all of us as we lean into this message, as we lean into our personal discovery, as we lean into how God wants to use us to advance His kingdom here on earth, our default setting would be, not my will be done, but your will be done. And now Jesus Christ is seated at the highest place in all of eternity at the right hand of the Father, because He was obedient unto death, therefore He was elevated to the highest place. And all authority in in heaven and in earth has been given unto Him, because He said yes to the will of God. Thank you for joining us for this week's podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Have a blessed week.